Today's episode focuses on mental illness. According to World Health Organization, close to half a billion people globally suffer for some sort of mental health illness. One in five people in the US are dealing with an illness that impacts their mental state. Every one of us surely knows people who are affected. The new world of work has led to mental illnesses being the most common cause of incapacity to work as confirmed by the latest health reports for the German market. We hear similar stories from other countries in continental Europe, as well as from Australia and Canada. Mental illness is also having an increasing influence on occupational disability insurance and is a major concern for insurers, counting for above than 30% of all claims today. Stigma is unfortunately the most common reason why treatment is started too late. We also see different ways of dealing with this issue, often culturally determined. While in America it is natural to consult a psychotherapist, this is not yet the case in Germany. Another dramatic aspect from our point of view is that we have too few therapists in Germany, which often leads to chronification of diseases. So this is a very interesting topic that we want to talk about today with an expert, George Eleftheriou. Founder and CEO of the Californian startup Sentio Solutions is our guest of this episode. Yeah, then uh, I say hello to George. Hello to California. Thanks for getting up early to talk to us. George, um, kindly tell us about how you came up with the topic mental health and decided to become an, an entrepreneur in, in this area. Let me take a step back and tell you a little bit about myself because it's clearly personal reasons that, that led me towards this, that decision. So uh, as you can tell from my very long last name, I originally come from Greece, grew up in Athens, but moved to the US almost 10 years ago for grad school at Columbia University. And then after graduation, I, uh, I joined McKinsey and company uh, in New York where I was working very, very long hours, uh, close to 100 hours per week on average. And during my time at McKinsey, I struggled for the very first time with anxiety. Uh, actually, I, I woke up one day and I could not breathe. And uh, that was uh, the first symptom uh, of a panic attack, basically. A few weeks uh, down the road, I, I visited the psychotherapist who helped me significantly improve my, my emotional health. And uh, the, the panic attack symptoms went away. But what stayed was the realization that... Uh, Uh, we don't use any technology, we don't use any objective measurement tools when it comes to mental health. If you think about it, for any other medical field, we are using uh, objective uh, measurement in order to guide decision-making both from a physician standpoint as well as from an insurance standpoint. That, that realization and this personal experience together with uh, the expertise and scientific expertise and experience of my co-founder, Hari Tsirba, who was uh, doing his PhD at the time in biomedical engineering, and he was working on the field of affective computing, which basically tells us how technology can recognize uh, human emotion. Uh, those two uh, came together and we decided to, to start this company with the mission of bringing objective data to the field of mental health as a way to eliminate the suffering that uh, the society and individuals have uh, because of mental health conditions. George, thanks for explaining uh, in such a extended way uh, the root causes that put you on the road to fight the suffering of mental health. 
As I know, your journey is already on for a longer time. In the meantime, you were able to, to close two funding rounds. And uh, in the Athens office of Sentio Solutions, there is a significant growth of employees, uh, notable. Kindly tell us what happened uh, from these root causes you just explained to us to the status quo. So we, we have seen, as you mentioned, significant growth, not only in the Athens office, but also uh, globally. Uh, so we have Three offices, our headquarters are here in San Francisco in California. Uh, our leadership team is, uh, is here, my co-founder, myself is here. We're doing business development in the U.S. Uh, as well as a project and product delivery roles. Uh, of course, we have a, a network of psychotherapists, so our, our lead psychotherapist is also here in the U.S. But the, the, the core and uh, the biggest part of the company, exactly as you mentioned, Bernd, is based in Athens in Greece. Right now, we have 45 people in our office in Athens, and the majority of them are focusing on research and development engineering uh, and as well as other operations and functions of the company. And also we have a very small office in China where we're doing our um, manufacturing and we, we have two people in China. Uh, so over the past uh, uh, four years now, uh, as you mentioned, we have raised uh, close to $6.3 million uh, from, from investors that are primarily based uh, in, uh, in the Bay Area or in the U.S. And the lead investors of our previous round uh, was Felicis Ventures, Anthemis and SOS Ventures are the most notable ones. Also, making a lay capital it was our very first investor in the company. So we are really lucky to have very supportive investors as well as very supportive advisors and uh, academic advisors from major universities in the US and Europe or uh, scientific or co uh, commercial advisors from Germany, from the US, from other places. And really, really grateful to have partners like SCORE and yourself uh, working together in helping us uh, achieve product market fit and commercializing our technology. So a, a little bit more about the journey uh, so far. We, uh, we started developing early prototypes uh, back in 2015, uh, and we decided to move the company from New York to California at the time while building the company in Greece. Uh, then we moved to, to China to take those uh, prototypes to manufacturing, Uh, which is a long process and took us uh, a couple of years. And uh, at the same time, we started building the team here in, in San Francisco. The goal in the near future is to, to build uh, a team in Germany as well. Right now, again, in Germany, we have just one person, but uh, the goal will be to expand it in the next few months uh, with, with a couple more people uh, in, in the country. Talking about digital health, health tech, we uh, already saw a huge number of apps in, in, in the various app stores. Uh, the number of 350,000 was reached end of 2018 and is continuously rising. Um, so the first VC companies started clustering, especially uh, the mental health area in six categories. So for me, it seems really busy. How do you differentiate yourself to make sure you find the right partners in such a busy environment? Uh, it, it seems very busy, but uh, it, it, it's not uh, really when it comes to clinically validated solutions that, uh, that could provide significant mental health outcomes to individuals that participate in, in those programs or applications. So, uh, like, I know that there are six categories, but in my mind, there are, there are basically three of them. The, the first category is companies that are developing a digital solution to digitize an existing experience 
and make it more convenient, uh, more easy for people. And uh, they don't rely so much on the human component, on uh, on a therapist or uh, on a psychiatrist. Those solutions usually are much more wellness driven and they can't have real impact to the mental health of an individual. And I would say that the majority of solutions be- be- belongs in this digital uh, digital applications category. The second category is telehealth solutions that actually they digitize the experience with uh, with the clinician. So uh, we have psychotherapy sessions that uh, used to happen uh, in person and now we can do them over Skype or other tools. Uh, and those telehealth services uh, are providing clinically validated solutions because there are licensed professionals uh, participating in those. However, uh, at the same time, they don't change anything in the way that they provide care and support to those individuals. So again, they don't have any objective data to uh, augment the, the capabilities of the licensed professional. They And they cannot provide any support to individuals in between the sessions that they have with the licensed therapist. Then the, there are very few companies. I would say that this is the the second largest of, of those groups, telehealth uh, solutions. Uh, however, this group is, is the one that has been advancing the most. So we see companies like Teladoc, uh, like Doctor on Demand uh, in, in the United States, having a significant presence in the mental health telehealth space. Uh, and then there is the third category, which is companies that develop objective data for mental health in order to uh, provide better diagnostics, uh, better solutions to either clinicians or patients. This is the category with uh, the the smallest number of of startup companies uh, or companies overall participating in this category. And the reason for that is because it's scientifically the hardest one and requires significant time for research and development, as well as significant capital, human capital, and uh, and other resources to make it happen. So in this in this category, you see companies like Mindstrong, uh, for example. And in this category, we belong as well. And the the core differentiator about what we do is the fact that we combine all the three categories. So we, on the one hand, our core expertise is developing objective data for mental health and monitoring through a, a wristband through a device the emotional health of an individual 24-7 and uh, in order to use this data to uh, enhance their psychotherapeutic experience and of course enhance uh, their outcomes. But at the same time, we combine this with a digital uh, therapeutic with an application through which you receive support in real time where we can have educational material in order to help you develop the right coping skills for mental health. And finally, with telehealth. So we have licensed psychotherapists in our in our platform uh, that take the data make sense of the data and they use the data in order to deliver better interventions so i would say that the what we're doing better and different from anyone else is of course our technology that could monitor continuously the mental health of an individual but also the combination of those three components uh, the digital therapeutic uh, the continuous remote patient monitoring or continuous objective data and the telehealth component through a licensed provider. Interesting. George, you just mentioned one category, uh, health and well-being. Uh, and to this category, from my point of view, always apply wearables. Uh, we've seen an incredible increase uh, on different type of wearables on the streets. Uh, they are becoming more or less a fashion item, uh, becoming even uh, thinner, leaner, uh, fancy colors. You decided to 
not jump on any existing hardware vendor like Apple, Samsung, Fitbit. You decided to go for your own wristband, which is, from my point of view, compared to the to the well-knowns, quite thick. Kindly let us know why you did so. We, uh, first of all, uh, although our, our device is a wristband and uh, it, it looks like a wearable device, it, it's not it's a medical quality device. And uh, I, I agree with your comment. Where this first version of Phil Emotion Sensor or Phil Wristband is thicker uh, than uh, than a Fitbit device, for example. But our goal is not to compare with Fitbit because the Fitbit is not a clinical device. It's not used in a clinical setting. It's a purely wellness or well-being offering. Uh, and our solution is clinical grade. So in order to have clinical grade accuracy, we needed to have more sensors in the in the wristband to make it more accurate and to make sure that we deliver the right interventions at the right time to those individuals uh, so uh, to answer your concern regarding the thickness of the wristband, actually we are already taking steps. We uh, just uh, closed the partnership in China uh, with one of the largest manufacturers of wearable devices in the world. They're called Fenta and uh, they're working with uh, Philips Health, uh, with uh, Whoop, uh, with Huawei and many other uh, big wearable players. And the goal of this partnership is to how can we reduce the size of the wearable, how we can make it look even more like a Fitbit. Uh, although the functionality and the, uh, from a clinical standpoint, the accuracy uh, would be very different than, uh, than a typical wearable that you see in the market. Now, you mentioned uh, a little bit about wearables. I think that there is a big opportunity in the wearable space to, uh, to find a significant value in the health arena. Uh, so we saw that all those wearables that were in the market, um, especially Fitbit and those devices that were more lifestyle type of devices, uh, they could not deliver uh, significant value and that's why people stopped using them after a couple of weeks or a couple of months. However, what we see is that uh, if, though, if the data from the wearables become more relevant for health purposes, then consumers and individuals engage in a much better way. And this is what we see in our case as well. Although uh, there is a group of people, especially those that do not actually suffer from mental health condition, uh, that uh, compare our wearable to, to a Fitbit one, and those that actually have a, a greater level of need, they, they don't have a problem wearing a device that is, it might be a, not as... Uh, Thin as a, as a Fitbit, but at the same time, it adds significant value to their daily lives. So I think it's all about a combination of a level of need uh, that each individual has for a specific uh, intervention and support. Listening to you, um, I ask myself, is it one of your goals to get FDA approval being a medical device? We don't need FDA approval right now uh, in order to deliver our device and our program. And the reason for that is because we have a licensed psychotherapist in the program that is actually the one that takes the, the clinical decisions regarding the treatment of, of an individual. However, in the future, if we want the device or the platform to be providing more feedback and more interventions without the therapist, then potentially it's, uh, it's something that uh, we need to, uh, to, to do, to go through the FDA. 
And uh, you know, because I mentioned uh, that our mission as a company is to, uh, to to bring objective data in the field of mental health, we uh, we are running a variety of different studies with universities, with psychiatric university hospitals, uh, in order to identify biomarkers for other mental health conditions, in addition to emotion biomarkers that we have already. So, for example, uh, we're running studies for major depressive disorder, for um, autism for ADHD, for bipolar disorder. And we recently actually had uh, the results uh, from one of those studies uh, analyzed. And we saw that we can uh, develop a a biomarker for screening of ADHD and being able to diagnose ADHD with a very high accuracy. So potentially a biomarker like this would have to go through the FDA because it would be a diagnostic. But for our existing program, we don't need to go to, to the FDA. It's, uh, it's, it's exciting, though, all, all the data that we're getting through those studies and how we can use them in order to change the way that we deliver interventions for emotional and mental health. Uh, and in the near future, we'll be able to tell if someone had a panic attack or if someone is going through a depressive phase and potentially uh, they might harm themselves or they might have uh, intent to, to commit suicide uh, and notify their caregivers, their physician, their psychiatrist in order to intervene right then and there. And that's the, the bigger vision of where we are going. Uh, how can we develop those type of data in order to be to be able to intervene right then and there when the people need us the most. Understand. And and therefore, it would be a misinterpretation to reduce your offering uh, uh, to a simple variable. George, let's jump back to to business development. Uh, That's quite important for a startup. Uh, Kindly let us know uh, where and in which markets are you currently active. We are in uh, two markets right now active. Uh, one of them is the U.S. market, which is uh, where our headquarters are. We're working with one major health plan in the U.S. with uh, 4.1 million members. They're called Blue Shield of California and very well known um, here in California and throughout the U.S. Uh, they're part of the Blue Shield Association, which has a uh, close, uh, close Blue Shield Blue Cross Association, which has over 100 million members in the U.S. And the second and most important, very important market for us is Germany. We're partnering with SCORE and through SCORE with Gotar uh, to deliver the first field program in Europe. And the, the use case with uh, Gotar and SCORE is primarily focused on disability insurance uh, policyholders. So not uh, health, uh, healthcare focused, but uh, mostly disability insurance focused. Again, a very, very important market for us. We hope that we'll be able to expand our presence in the market and uh, through partners like uh, like SCORE, uh, we are most uh, mostly certain that we're going to do it. You mentioned Gotha here in Germany. Gotha is a mutual company, very old roots in, in Germany. From my point of view, two worlds collide here. On the one hand, you as a dynamic, agile startup. On the other hand, a traditional, slow-acting insurance company. How is your impression? How, how did it went? Uh, what are your lessons learned? We always try to look uh, at, every, at every situation as a creative opportunity. And, and in the case of our collaboration with SCORE and Gotar, we had so much to learn because although, as you said, Gotar might be a little bit more conservative company comparing to the startup, still they, they have subject matter expertise. They know their people. 
better than anyone else. Uh, they know their, their clients, their policyholders better than anyone else. And uh, we like this collaboration has been very beneficial for us because we have learned so much about the market. We have learned so much about how to approach uh, individuals that have a disability or life insurance uh, in the German market, which is very different from a cultural standpoint, both from the U.S. market or Greece, which is another market that, that we know. Uh, but uh, so, so it has been very beneficial. I, so I would say that although in terms of moving things forward, like the level of innovation within an organization is differs and uh, it could create a little bit of delay or a little bit of, of skepticism uh, around new solutions and innovation. Uh, I think that our experience with Gotar has been a great educational experience for us. And as soon as they also saw the great level of interest that we were getting from the market, I think that they, they became much more persuaded for, for the benefit of a solution like this. So hopefully we, we have been able to influence a little bit the level of innovation within the organization as well. So not only us have learned so much, but hopefully they, they have been able to benefit internally from a partnership with an innovative company like us. Very much information, valuable information you gave us uh, to the background of your company and your personal journey. Kindly allow me one question at the end. Uh, what are your plans for Sentio Solutions for Feel for the future? How will your journey look like? Uh, it, it's a great question and I've been thinking about it for a few years. I think that at the moment we are in an inflection point. We have uh, our product working. We are still optimizing things. We are still fixing things. You mentioned the wristband, the operations of the psychotherapist. We are fixing things as we go, but we have uh, our platform working end-to-end. -end. Uh, we have users in the platform. We get valuable data and valuable feedback from them. And so we are in inflection point from a standpoint of growing our customer base and getting uh, our, uh, our program in the hands of thousands of people. Uh, so we are ready to do that. We have partnerships both in the U.S., in Germany, and developing some in Canada uh, to, to help us do that and uh, uh, scale up uh, the, 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 the program. And, uh, and in order to do that, we would need to, to, to grow the company as well. So the, the goal would be uh, to have tens of thousands of users uh, within the next uh, two years And we need to grow the company in order to be able to support these large operations. In the longer term, our mission is uh, to be able to support individuals that suffer from mental health conditions uh, around the globe uh, and uh, reach a critical mass of millions of people within the next five to ten years. Uh, so our vision for the future of mental health is uh, to have to use uh, technology in order to be able to diagnose Uh, a mental health condition early enough uh, to be able to provide preventive interventions to make sure that individuals never end up in a severe mental health condition. And even when they do, to be able to understand what they're going through throughout the day and support them right then and there. So no one has to ever suffer alone again. Uh, so that's a little bit about our vision for the future. Thank you very much for this very promising outlook. I can only tell you that we at SCORE are proud to partner with you to take the suffering out of mental health. Thanks a lot for your time to give us some information. It was a pleasure for me talking to you. 
Uh, likewise, Bern, thank you very much for, for the time and thank you very much for being such a great partner uh, for the company. We look forward to continue working with SCORE in the, in the next few years in, in the German market and global as well. Thank you very much.